0: We're slovenly, we're feeling it, we're really kind of dumb. We're Terry, Shaw and Lyssa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls, and talk some D&D with the cave trolls. Yeah. I really wish I was recording when that
1: happened. I really wish I could have caught that. I was, I was about to click record, and I hear, Drew
0: priests. Uh, yeah, yeah
2: can do it again i'm still vibing to this <laughs>
3: oh,
1: my.
0: oh
3: my god <laughs> you give me hives you know that you give me hives
1: oh my god oh christ <laughs> so you want to hear something really really funny i i've been listening back to our podcast last couple weeks uh with the help of some mm-hmm. of our new patrons and i was mm-hmm. like hey guys help me out why does my audio sound like shit in one sentence and not in the other. Like, is there something wrong with mm. my mic? And I'm talking about it with these, with these Patreon yeah. subscribers are being very helpful. And uh, yeah. I've been testing it this morning and guess what? There's nothing wrong with my mic. It's, I have a very good mic. So when I was leaning too close, like you'd have to do with the shitty mm. mic, it was just a story. <laughs>
3: uh, I used to just sit yeah, back like a
1: foot from my microphone.
3: Yeah. I, I used to do that on our Sovereignly Trolls recordings and then I also changed the input volume because apparently, because when we record through Audacity, for some reason when you plug in a mic that's not your computer, it like ups your input volume like almost all the way up. So it yeah, just super default. distorts your audio. By default, yeah, it's yeah. super weird. And then when I noticed that, apparently it was doing the same thing with Lissa too and I have to like just, I think I have like a note on my computer that literally says check your mic levels <laughs> every time you record. Just I know I sure. know you don't
1: want to do it but I so I edit everything with Audacity it's a great editing tool it's a terrible recording tool though I yeah. really wish you would switch to OBS cuz it's just so much no. simpler for you so so much it's easier It's re- it's
3: not like I'm with Audacity I've had nothing like I've never had any issues with Audacity You OBS
1: just recording. described an issue you buff face you locking sack Yeah
3: but I I fixed it and it's been fine, and
1: that's, that's fine, exactly. That's just not what you said. You literally said, "Oh, I've never had an issue with audacity." <laughs> you lying sack of crap!
0: <laughs>
1: like I have, it. I was You're recording. Just... I got it on the mic. Okay, I got receipts.
3: Okay, that's very rude of you um, to <laughs> record our <laughs> private, intimate or conversations. About, we are not having like any editing. intimate
1: conversations. So <laughs> I don't. I don't care what you have to say to me. It's not happening. Speaking of intimate, though, did you get my gift?
3: I did. The gift that our company paid for? (laughs) It arrived at 9 uh, a.m., which is a full half hour before my alarm was supposed to go off. So my dog told me that it was here by (laughs) screaming bloody murder at the Amazon person.
1: That's that's awesome. I I was going to text you and say, like, hey, I think it got delivered. But I was like, she's probably not up yet, so...
3: I I was after it was delivered. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, they made it, my dog made it perfectly clear that there was danger and um, it was my fault.
1: <laughs> that danger is a book. I'm only a uh, chapter mm-hmm. in. I'm liking it so far, actually. I, I have hopes that this is going to call Gary Gygax on more of their shit than we thought it was going to.
3: I hope you are correct because I need validation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the one issue I have so far actually is just that my dust jacket is all sorts of fucked up, which I don't care. I don't like dust jackets.
3: Yeah, but. mine is kind of too. So like oh, okay. the, spine, yeah. my, the spine is like printed kind of weird. It's not centered and it's just a little bit dinked up yeah and mine, not, like, mine got like, up too. like cares. somebody
1: crushed it on like like before it yeah. Got loaded up. yeah
3: yeah that that's what it looks like so it was like weirdly printed on the spine and then it was like a little bit fucked up like in terms of it not just not being like fresh off the press smooth <laughs> it's not a bad thing though because i'm gonna fuck it up with my notes anyway so like i don't care <laughs> but <laughs> i'm gonna make you and lisa very uncomfortable by writing in a book and it's i'm so
1: so i want I, do it. I, I don't think i mentioned it on the other show i deface books all the time for D games um then
0: why'd you give me shit <laughs> well
1: it's just not books that i'm reading like i'm like actively like reading for enjoyment i don't often you know write in the notes or anything and i wanted to mock you but i was thinking about it i'm like powered. i i do often like put clues in books Um, Mm -hmm. I'll go to the Salvation Army, pick up a book I've never heard of, or or sometimes I go specifically for specific books that are gonna fit with one of my like really intricate like D and D games. And Mm -hmm. I I hide clues in there, put, you know, code ciphers, highlighting words, all sorts of stuff like that. I never like rip them up or burn them or anything like that. I don't destroy them, they're still pretty readable at the end. But they do have random marks. Yeah. So yeah. I I want to apologize to you there and say, I'm, like, I'm, I'm about to do that this afternoon. A friend of mine is printing a PDF uh, of a book that isn't sold uh, like in hard copy anymore. It's an old coding manual um, from a long time ago. This company finally is re-releasing them, like their old PDFs, mm. their children's uh, coding books from the 80s. And mm-hmm. uh, they're re-releasing all their PDFs for free. So I was like, hey, I want to print this out so me and my kids can code and stuff, and I want to put notes in there for them. So... Uh, I'm about to deface a <laughs> hard copy book <laughs> this afternoon. I love
3: that you're apologizing on our pre show when you called me out on our actual show.
1: No, um, this isn't the pre show. Everyone's getting this. I don't have time to, to edit it this week, so <laughs> this is for everyone. The, but the valid. patrons will get it early. And speaking of patrons and early uh this is the cave trolls podcast the only D D podcast that brings you to the news there's no other ones don't google it we are the only Mm-mm. only podcast that talks about tabletop rpg news i i promise and if you want more things like this you can head on over to can't be killed com or our patreon.com slash can't be killed creations you get bonus stuff early stuff you can head on over to t republic slash can't be killed creations and you can get all of our merch now what what we got shirts, what, what? And mugs, and handbags, and stickers. They got all sorts of shit over there. We made $2 yesterday. Somebody bought a mug, so there's that.
0: Woo! Woo!
1: Yeah. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm your faithful host, Terry Smith, and with me today, I have one half of the slovenly trolls. Lissa, how are you doing today?
2: I am doing anxious.
1: I
0: don't
2: know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know. You're I'm doing anxious. <laughs> oh, man. And I have the other half of the lovely Trolls, charday.
3: Hello. I'm also doing anxious.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to mix it up. Normally, I introduce charday first. And I was like, that's not fair. I'm going to throw it to Lissa. And then, of course, it's when she's anxious. So that's my bad. <laughs> that's yeah, her
3: welcome. secret. She's always anxious.
1: That's my secret, Cap. What? Um, <laughs> So, we have lots of news to talk about today, but I'm guessing, Lissa, you're anxious because of all the changes that are coming to the next edition of D&D, One <laughs>
2: D&D. Yes! Well, that if it is. makes you feel any <laughs> better,
1: anxious. nothing's in the can yet. These are all just playtests. They're they're way earlier on than I think people think when when we talk about One mm-hmm. D&D, so none, nothing's set in stone yet. This already has a different change to how um, D20s are going to work, so it's mm-hmm. don't feel too bad if you hate it go to the survey section at um wizards of the coast at the dnd one like uh play test survey just tell them you're like hey i fucking don't like this it makes me anxious go listen to my podcast <laughs> and you can just tell them you can tell them you don't like it but anyways first up we're gonna jump into their games and supplements corner because no one's giving me a gosh darn cockamamie better name so we're going with games and supplements corner corner for now uh what is up first this comes from twitter let's see i'm letting a link uh, nope we covered that last week that's my bad i did not melissa did all of the research for me this week i just grabbed all the stuff that she sent me and some of the stuff that you sent me char so this is all coming from twitter how often are you two on twitter by the way man i feel like um i never there
3: uh listen it's our job (laughs) (laughs) uh,
2: i have to post one thing every day so uh
1: I love it. You're doing a great job, both of you. Uh, you're keeping me informed. I don't know anything. Um, this first project, we don't have a lot of in- information on it. It's called Under the Harvest Moons, and this is going to be a 5E supplement um, that adds a bunch of different horror stuff. So Underground Oracle Publishing, um, they're an Any Award winner, which uh, I, I feel like holds a different weight after the whole Cobalt like, Press stuff.
3: Yeah. But, I mean, like, still, like, is it Any Awards?
1: Yes, most
3: of them are good, so we shouldn't let one people like. One well, I thought you were gonna say of most of them like have bad it. things.
1: Um, uh, but no, yeah.
3: <laughs> most of them are fine and great, but we can't let Cobalt press completely. Um, no, I just I, I, I do want to throw awards.
1: out that caveat because I think for a little while True. there it was pretty safe. If it's in any award, yeah, room, like, oh hey, this might be pretty good, this is probably progressive, this is probably cool. And while all those things are still true, it's just not the only thing that are true about the winners anymore. Mm-hmm. So I do want to throw that out there. And also I still have products from Cobalt Press. So um, yeah. anyway, so if you go over to their Kickstarter, it has not launched yet, but it's coming soon. They're going to give you a soft cover book filled with new lore, archetypes, creatures, and more to haunt your fifth edition worlds. Uh some of the artwork for this one is really awesome. They have lots of spooky stuff and it's not really i I've been seeing a lot of like Lovecraftian old gods Cthulhu-esque stuff come through for horror. And that's why I wanted to toss this one out there when I saw it. Because this has a lot of more like Feywild, creepy, supernatural stuff to toss into your 5e mm. games. Um which I think used to be the flavor of the week and it kinda went out of style and it's slowly coming back because of the glut of lovecraftian horror so it's pretty Mm -hmm. cool to see the other side of it coming back um if you just want some you know you want the baba yaga you want some spooky autumn you want like witches in the in the baba yaga
3: baba yaga baba yaga
1: exactly exactly (laughs) um (laughs) what do you two think of what little we know about under the harvest moons
3: listen you had me at creepy fey wild shit (laughs) (laughs) That's my bread and butter. <laughs> it's, it's also like. I watch like, it. and They watch
1: it. <laughs> right. It's one of my favorite like supplements. Cause I can recommend it to everybody. Cause it's not a full setting. It's not, Hey, these are new rules. It's like, Hey, do you just want some like prompts? Uh, it's that kind yeah. of thing. So I, I really, really dig those because some people aren't, aren't great at or don't have enough time or just prefer having more prompts for their games. Like we covered the zone last mm-hmm. week, which is a lot of just, Hey, do you want to add some of this stuff in there? Same thing with that, uh, session zero, um, GM list game, little things like mm-hmm. that make running so much easier for so many players. And even I, I found out I've been DMing for like 13 years, uh, next week. So, and I, and even I use like almost every single tool I can, Every week, yeah. even in bespoke world, so...
3: The more tools in your toolbox, the better. It doesn't mean you have to use all of them. It just means you have your, them in your the toolbox if you need them.
1: And it comes in really handy yeah. when you have something planned and everything gets blown up because your your PCs when? do something crazy. When. If, yeah, when.
3: No, 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 not no. If. Not if.
1: You're if. right. You're when? right. <laughs> you know, like, listen, you can think you have everything for them to go left or right. You can think that Absolutely you're prepared. Not. But when they go down, like, they just start digging a hole instead, you're like, well, shit, didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> you know under the harvest moon you're like there's werewolves there i guess not nah, what up <laughs> <laughs> it comes in handy that's all i'm saying next up we have elementara um it's uh, another source book for 5e and it is fully funded already over on kickstarter it was not when i got the article <laughs> sent to me by lissa yeah. so um it's given me a lot of like Dragon Prince vibes, uh, which is similar to yeah, Avatar. The yeah, yeah, the art is is fucking awesome. And there's it's a full source, so it's its own setting. So the opposite of what I just said about that other one, but it's a full setting. Uh with different spells, creatures, all sorts of different rules. Uh mostly again, like what we always do, it was the art that got me. And then I dove into the magic system stuff. So Uh, similar to uh, a few of the other rewrite books that people have done for 5e where let's add more elemental spells so sometimes you like that ice spell but you want to flavor it as lightning there's not a lot to that when it comes to the base books and this has an entirely new elemental spell system for interacting like almost like combos so lightning fire etc um did either one of you play the elemental uh free-for-all battle royale game that came out a few years ago.
3: I what was it called?
1: I couldn't remember. it That's why I was asking if you had played it because I looked it up.
2: Wait, was it a TTRPG or are we no? No,
1: we're talking about it was it was like a Fortnite like. Uh, it's called Spellbreak.
3: Okay, so probably not because MMOs and online games give me hives. What's
1: not an MMO? It's a battle royale. Um, but, <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. <laughs> my point is, it had a very similar magic system, but it was a video game, obviously, where you can mix and match yeah. your spells. And this has a lot of that. The thing that I really liked about Elementara so far, I haven't played it yet, um, but I had talked to a few people who played it. They said that it was really intuitive on how to use the new spell system. So even Ooh, though there's a ew. lot to it they were playing at level one they were able to jump right in and do the cool things right out of the box which sometimes i think is hard for new source books so it's like oh how invested are you in in the setting and the story how long till i find the cool things about this setting they said it like right out of the box it it, it hit the ground running with these with the spell system specifically um when it comes to backing 10 bucks gets you support 30 dollars gets you the pdf uh 65 gets you the standard pdf and a hardcover and a few other little bonuses like the fold-out poster which is really cool their map is really awesome and it's pretty fleshed out like so if you if you bought the book and you wanted the map it wouldn't go to waste you wouldn't just have to use it as like a display it's full one-to-one for their exploring, which doesn't happen a lot outside of really premium stuff. You'll get a map, but it doesn't have all the markers on it, or the setting's not worth having a map for. I would recommend it for this one. Um, if you can't tell by the way I'm talking about it, I did back this late. <laughs> 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 I'm going to see what I can get. Um, but I just, I thought it was really neat. Uh also, similar to Avatar, they combine a lot with the elements to go along with, like, emotions. So, like, fire can represent, like, passion and aggression and and uh, earth and air have different things. And when you combine them, they, they combine with... So, like, fire and air gives you certain types of spells, and lightning and fire do other things. So, if you like Avatar, Dragon Prince, any of those, but you also want to, uh, you know, keep the D&D flavor, because it's still 5e. Uh, I, I'm just going around in circles now. Play this fucking game. I'm very excited <laughs> about this one. Uh, back the I, game,
0: play the game.
1: <laughs> back the game, play the game, damn it. Um, I... I know we've argued a little bit about what to do after a lot of the kerfuffles that come up with uh, Wizards of the Coast and how we're excited for for D&D stuff, but we're a little bit more trepidatious. It's been so cool, uh, all the the messages I'm getting online and talking to other players anecdotally about how, while that sucks and they want Wizards of the Coast to be better because they love D&D, it's really opened them up to trying other people's products so these other fan projects uh independent mm-hmm. publishers mm-hmm. other games and for every one article that i get from Lisa going hey check out this game over on twitter i get buddies of mine going hey can we try x game this weekend um so it's just really neat to me to see that i'm getting it from like all these different angles like i have a cortex uh one shot coming out in a few weeks we're gonna do a things for the flood are things from the flood game soon and people aren't like, oh, I just want to play D D. They're like, okay, I'll try it. Cause D D sometimes is racist. So <laughs> it's it's uh it's just cool to see that there's not only are there tons of options, but that people are more open to the options. Definitely. Um this next one is just a countdown to Pax Australia. Um, can I get some background on the Twitter link that <laughs> you mean, sent me? I just meant
2: that there are like that was just, yeah, it's, it's go, going on. like, <laughs> happening. I, I thought you'd at least look through it and get. The I, I did. I, I
1: was just, I wasn't, I just was curious on what you wanted me to cover about it. I did. I was like, okay, it's cool. Countdown for PAX Australia. Um, I looked into some of the stuff that's coming to PAX Australia, which is neat. I can't go. It's in Australia. Um, <laughs>
3: What do you mean we can't afford, like, plane tickets to Australia? Come on. They're you doing some, some on online terror. panels.
1: I can get us credentials if you guys want. Um, <laughs> I I do have contacts for PAX. I don't know about Australia, but I'm assuming I'm just going to reach out to who I have for, for PAX East and see if we can uh, do the same thing. It's been two years. We'll see if they still recognize me. but. <laughs>
3: Probably not. I
1: was at a different outlet before, <laughs> so um, we'll see. We'll see if uh, if I have any on I, the sunglasses. I
3: just
2: mean, put on the sunglasses and you'll instantly be recognizable. Hey,
1: well, I, I'm I'm a white dude with a beard. I feel like they'll mix me up with somebody and give me credentials. I don't like. We all look the same. <laughs> just so. working,
3: as long as you get credentials, it works in your favor. I mean, right.
1: Yeah, I right. Mean. Um. The the thing that I always like about packs is people. Forget that PAX, you know, started with like just an online webcomic. Um, but it covers the gamut, but you get a lot of playtime with games that you wouldn't get elsewhere if people have ever been to a PAX. So, like, you can it's like kind of like E3 where it's it it combines uh stuff for like vendors with you know just you know joe Schmo off the street with journalists but you can walk up and you can play new rpgs all the time they have sit down players um character sheets ready sit down play with a bunch of people you don't know try out this new dice system and it's not just like tabletop games you have you know you have rpgs you have uh i I, the first time i played game of thrones was at a pax uh which is one of my favorite board games of all time it runs the gamut of shit like i i could hang out with a bunch of comic book nerds walk over play a round of rpgs and then uh you know go have a drink and talk about this webcomic that no one's ever heard of so uh, I, I don't know about Pax Australia I didn't even know they had an Australian one so we'll see maybe it's the same thing maybe it's not <laughs> um, I will look into it other than who's going I couldn't find a lot of what's actually happening though I, I didn't see a lot of lineups other than hey this is oh. where you can pick up your badge and these are the people that you want to talk to so it's still a little bit of a mystery to me but cool countdown does that make you cool feel countdown. better
0: cool
2: you're welcome I <laughs> this, is, this is my job on this podcast i should.
1: <laughs> I want you to know if you feel like i didn't dive deep enough into the twitter it's because i watched the videos that you didn't watch until four minutes into this uh podcast
0: oh shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I am kind of mad though why were they each a half an hour long like that was some they bullshit.
3: weren't Here's the thing. They weren't, and I have thoughts on that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they didn't need to be because they, they covered a lot of the same information. There's a lot of overlap in each one. So.
3: There is overlap, but then there's also something else. But
1: Oh, okay. Something else. Okay. But, um, yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah, thing yeah. that I got most mad is, honestly, because I had a few people message me like, hey, do I need to watch this? I was, I was like, no, just watch the overview. No. I got everything I needed from the overview and then downloading the, like the actual stuff. You don't yeah. need to watch the individual yeah. videos. I think that was a little bit of a waste of time. Um, but anyways, uh, next thing up is, uh, another, uh, expansion for Starfinder, Alien Invasion, only smaller, available now. Um, you can get Alien Archive 2 Pocket Edition, um, over at Paizo's website. If you don't know what Starfinder is, Starfinder is the star, like, you know, Star Wars, Star Trek, the space setting for Pathfinder. 1e e, not 2e it is not i mean everything's compatible 2e you can do some finangling, but it's still firmly in the first edition version rules of Pathfinder right now so if you like 3.5 D&D, but you want to go to space, Starfinder's for you, and uh, Starfinder to me is really cool because they've consistently, like most Paizo things, like I don't like a lot of their stuff, but they're very consistent, and Pathfinder just keeps getting content, it's a bestiary here, here's another adventure, here's a few more races to play as, here's a few more rules for weaponry, and it just keeps going, to the point where I used to reskin mine so I could play in the Mass Effect world. Um, if you're fans of Ooh. Mass Effect, Starfinder's great reskin if you want to do Mass Effect. And to the point where, like, I just stopped reskinning it and just saying this world's big enough now. Mass Effect rules apply. They have enough stuff in there that just matches it one to one. There's just more, and I stopped having to reskin anything in quotations because my game's gone so long. It's just still Starfinder rules. Uh yeah. so I recommend that. It's a little bit hefty like all Pizo books. It's about twenty five bucks. So if you're into that and you want more aliens in your Starfinder, like your peanut butter and your chocolate, go check out uh RPG Alien Archive 2 from Pizo. Uh do you two care about Starfinder, Pizo, space?
3: Well, seeing as I've never played Pathfinder, um, not particularly, but I'm glad it's there for the people who love it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 3.5 rule. I have a hard time recommending anything even close to 1e Pathfinder now, partly because they have 2e, which I think is a much better game, just more modern take. 3.5 is so crunchy by comparison and is so Mm -hmm. min-maxy and you got to have a really good build um I, I don't recommend pathfinder 1e very often but starfinder is a little bit less so it, it's a little bit more cinematic there's there's already a few more rules to make the space stuff work a little bit better um <laughs> so it's it already was the one i would recommend back in the day um now you, know, you have pathfinder 2e there's other space games i think uh that do space a little bit better but if you like the DD rules and you want to go to space i don't think there's a better game than starfinder uh but that's so specific most people can't even get one game going let alone nine so uh
3: good <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> right what are you doing
1: start start making friends you know um i was at the comic book store and a dude was like you know what happened is i couldn't get games going and i had been putting up this little ad i me and him both had done it for a little while we put up like a craigslist ad like hey we want to be a paid gm essentially back when that wasn't a thing and I gave up on it. And I, you know, did podcast and comic book writing. He never gave up on it. And he now is a paid GM for like four different comic book stores.
3: Hell yeah. And oh.
1: like, he's like, that's what I do. I use like, I don't play with any of my friends anymore. They all moved on. We don't play anymore. But I run like nine
0: games. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> that's,
1: that's the dream, I guess. Good for you, you know?
3: Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh,
1: it's just crazy cuz like it wasn't a thing. A GM as a service was not a possibility back in the day. And now they're like in demand.
3: No, it's pretty lucrative from what I hear as well, especially if, you're if good you at have it. like deals yeah. with. Well, if you're good at it, if you're in demand and also if you have deals with comic book shops, I'm sure it's very it's a good profession to have if you love doing it.
1: 100% yeah. no. How lucrative? I don't know, but like uh you know, being paid to play a game every week, that's uh that's awesome
3: not too shabby
1: exactly Uh, I think Brennan Lee Mulligan uh said it and he I think he was quoting somebody else but there's something magical about doing the thing you love um and people enjoying it already but then like when they give you money enough Mm -hmm. to like buy a burrito so like you're buying a burrito with your dreams like there's just something magical about that
3: uh (laughs) buying a
2: burrito burrito with with your dreams dreams. right well it's like it's
1: hard like like it's It's difficult. I think it's a lofty thing to do your dreams, number one it's an even loftier thing to get paid for them. So it's like a difficult dream to be like, I wish I could buy a, you know, a basketball stadium with my D and D money, yeah. but attainable is to be able to buy a burrito. with it. So that's
3: just a very Brennan Lee Mulligan thing to say. So I'm not, I mean, I, it sounds like something he would say, so I don't know if he's quoting somebody on that or not, but that's very, <laughs>
1: he, he was quoting like I a friend that. of his that was talking about like mm. finally making their dreams come true. So only a little Aww. bit removed, but you toss Brennan Lee Mulligan on anything people perk up um <laughs> you're
3: just talking you're just talking about you you're just talking about you
1: i do like, I, I say it all the time I, i'm a stan if, if i ever was one um again
3: uh-huh.
1: yeah so you're saying people if, what
3: if you if you're to have a shrine to dm brendan lee mulligan would be on your dm shrine i
1: mean i i don't have parasocial relationships i don't put anybody up on a pedestal but if Brennan Lee Uh Mulligan say we're to have a scandal. We found out he was a bad person, which I hope that doesn't happen. He would be one of the people that you'd have to check on me about, you know, like (laughs) anybody else. I'm like, well, it's, I like their artwork, but they're not a person to me. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, they are, but like, they're not a friend of mine. So like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just a figure I follow on the internet. (laughs) Brennan Lee Mulligan is just a figure I follow on the internet. We are not friends. And I understand that in real life. However, However. I do appreciate so much about his persona in the things he creates that if there was an issue, I'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> you <know? laughs> You'd have to check on me a little bit. I'd have to make sure I was okay. Next up, okay, no. um, this comes from Neverending on Twitter, NeverEnding Incorporated. Anansi's Tapestry of Lives is live on Kickstarter. This amazing project is over 320 pages of content by some of your favorite TTRPG creators. There are over 100 unique and useful NPCs, plus stat blocks, magic items, adventures, and more. Get it today. Now, that didn't tell me anything about what it was, but I wanted to read it as <laughs> is. Um, but if you head on over to their Kickstarter, they have a lot more information. Let's see if I can read any of that information for the people. Um, written by some of your favorite D&D TTRPG creators. I got the list of names right here. Keith Baker, Jasmine Bular, Jim Zub, Tanya DePass, and Ed Greenwood. Do you know any of those names? Because uh, I
3: should. I know Ed Greenwood and I know Tanya DePass. Yeah,
1: they're on some of your favorite books. Like they said, they were not lying. Um, if you (laughs) if you look at some of the poster work on here, so reduce your prep time, enrich your world. Nazis tapestry of lies, a three hundred and twenty plus page compendium. With over 100 unique, fully illustrated NPCs, each NPC is paired with a professionally voice-acted monologue to kick off the action and delight your players. Loads of stat blocks, magic items, roll tables, inventories, and side quests included. Anansi's content is story-driven, making it perfect for any fantasy tabletop role-playing game. Now, the reason why this game is awesome other than the voice work which we'll get to here in a second this one specifically similar to the other toolbox stuff that we mentioned earlier this game is one to like reduce prep time for GMs. specifically they're like hey you want to toss an npc into your thing You know, you have an NPC name generator or a stat block. We have everything. So, like, their their backstory, here's a full piece of artwork to give your players. They have the voice acting monologue on there, along with the stat block, along with other characters they might know in, like, a web. It's really, really cool on, like, how they they essentially were like here here's all the characters you could need for a game or even you just like Mm -hmm. open it up and go hey this person's here and you can tell them everything about that instead of just having to create it on the fly which is something that's fun but for the people that can't necessarily improv or don't want to at the time it's a really really awesome book and then with that app that i mentioned the npc voices app having a full monologue to give your players whether it's a quest hook or hey i ran into this person what do they sound like and you can just hit play that's really fucking cool
0: that
3: is really really cool
2: that's amazing uh yeah. what do you two so, think
1: about this
3: i love like the multimodal concept of it it's so unique especially with like and they got some like really big names working on it not they only have as writers but also names. They have but also names. hello and like <laughs> the voice actors like are really prominent like it's the art is beautiful like this is such a well put together project it's It's a lot.
1: (laughs) It's staggering what you get for just like her plugging and like yeah. I, we mentioned the app but that also comes with a bunch of other like digital stuff and you have access to never ending ctrpg and storyteller tools so it's like not only do they have like blogs Amazing. blogs and a few other like generators that you would use they have all sorts of additional items that you can add on top of what's in the book a lot of really really cool tools over there uh, the npcs come on tarot cards and a few other things that come in the box if you get the physical editions so mm-hmm. and, and we've we've mentioned how much we use tarot cards in our games but combining that with like there, it's like actually character representation it's fucking awesome 32 bucks for the digital pdf with a bunch of the other um like additions terry. that you can add onto it what's up
2: terry what? it's got banana chance it
1: does have banana chance exactly
2: <laughs> jeremy jeremy cobb jeremy cobb
1: oh, my God. God.
3: hey jeremy <laughs> that's amazing
1: um you can get the physical edition for 60 bucks um along with all the other pdf uh uh bonuses um you can do extra uh donations intangible monsters for like a tier up. The list goes on. They have tons of shit very 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 worth the price in my opinion. Um this is another mm-hmm. one that I'm going to buy into late because of all of the cool shit it comes with. Um usually I'll gift the PDF to somebody and I'll keep the hardcover mm-hmm. Uh, they also
3: it looks like they have a pdf preview as well so if you want to actually see what the vibe is and like what you'll be getting when the project is finished they have stuff up like already for you to like dive into and start play testing
1: god that's awesome that's you're free yeah. a lot of games don't do that because it's like you, you know yeah. maybe it's a 10 page pdf you give one page away for free and you're already losing money and i understand it's that for 28 pages yeah 28 anything like, nice. like the full product 320 pages that's huge it's huge. That is big. In, in, I, I hate to always bring it back to money. I can't imagine they're making money much money off this with the amount of people that are involved in it. This has to be kind mm-hmm. of a passion project, just because the sheer amount of names. Unless they're like taking a very little cut because it's such a passion project. Even if they were getting paid less than for this project, mm-hmm. this, this you're, they're not. There's not a huge uh, margin of of money there. So I feel like a lot of this just went right into the project, and it shows. Um, yeah,
3: 100%. I am you extremely could, could impressed by this.
1: I, I read a little bit of okay. it last night, obviously. That's how I knew about it. But I didn't look through all of the additional stuff they were offering. Um, mm-hmm. Man, that's staggering. It is.
3: I'm really excited for it. I'm going to keep my eye on it before I buy into because I am 100% sold. I know. I'm going <laughs> to put this great. on my
1: Christmas list. I'm going to get the, the lower um edition for myself. But I'm going to put it on my... like. Listen, back this at That's this higher <laughs> level. Do a group thing if you want. This is all I want. Um, yeah. That is really cool. That's almost it for games and supplements, though. However, there's one more I want to go over because I forgot to go over it last week uh, because I don't really care, but I think it's worth talking about. <laughs> and <it's>, uh, <laughs> If you know Brandon Sanderson, he writes every single fantasy novel that dude just keeps writing. I'm not a gigantic fan of his novels. I've read quite a few um to give him a chance it's just not really my thing but a lot of people do really love him and he is very passionate about ttrpgs and uh video game rpgs and he's had a few different versions of his games come out from like supplements for other games like like a rule book and then one of his other settings not the stormlight archive but the other one has had um an adaptation for i think fifth edition rules and he recently hmm. just released a line of miniatures and people were like oh does this mean a game's coming and he was like nah, i just here's miniatures um and they're DD size like we use with D <laughs> exactly and then he announced stormlight archive is getting an rpg and people are like oh my god hmm. that's why you did the miniatures and he's like nah, i wasn't lying i just wanted to make miniatures and they're like oh okay <laughs> is it gonna be compatible and he goes is that what you want and they said yeah and he was like okay yeah then it- will be and they're like oh so you know what system it's in he goes no i just (laughs) want to make one
0: (laughs) (laughs) and like that's it
1: (laughs) that's why that's why i forgot to bring it up last week because i was like kind of i was like okay what is the story here (laughs) basically (laughs) famous famous fantasy writer was like i want to make a rpg for this thing and they were like yeah and he was like "Mm mm-hmm and everyone said, what do you know? And he goes, oh, nothing. I just wanted to put it out there. <laughs> so that's... Put
3: it down to the universe. <laughs> exactly. I'm
1: assuming with the man with as many resources as he has, probably was like, hey, this is my call. I'm in talks with people to create a system. Mm-hmm. The thing that yeah. <laughs> was even more frustrating <laughs> is one of his follow-up tweets was, I'm not sure if I want to adapt it into another system like I did before or make a whole new system from scratch so if those talks are happening they're extremely early on um so i was like kind of like why is this a tweet why is this the news and then i kind of forgot about it out of frustration so i wanted to throw that on here because a few people on twitter were like hey what about this one so there you go um if you are a big fan of stormlight (laughs) archive i'm excited for you in the future (laughs)
3: Wow. <laughs> the enthusiasm is just pouring yeah. forth watch, um, this v, watch this V.
1: watch this be on um uh 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 powered by the apocalypse so i can just double hate <laughs> on it
0: oh shit <laughs> oh wow yeah <laughs>
3: Terry will go on a ten-minute diet to Yeah, he's really excited that everybody else is getting what they want, but really for him, it's just—I
1: never get what I want. Where is my Night Angel uh, trilogy? Night Angel trilogy in Cortex system. Like, where is that? That would be my dream game right there. If we're talking fantasy make it. adaptations, make it, Terry. I've already made it. Are you kidding me? I listed <laughs> it on not? the one shots. I asked the group. I was like, "What are the things you want to play? Do you want to play Night Angel trilogy?" And everyone's like, "What is that?" Uh, minus hey, you, I you think you've read them. did not
3: say that. If you would have said that, I would have said yes because I love the Night Angel trilogy, you liar.
1: <laughs> oh, maybe I, I took it away because someone was yelling at me like in real life because, like, Chelsea, uh, another one of our players, uh, sometimes is like, no one gives a shit about that. Um, I give a
3: shit about that. Too. Yeah, like, that worry. was one of my options, I
1: give so. shit. I'll put it back on there. Uh, <laughs> 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 Where do things from the flood first because I'm making physical clues for that, but then afterwards we can uh, mm-hmm. talk Night Angel trilogy because – I love that setting. Anyways, <laughs> Brett Weeks, go read it. The Night Angel trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then there's a fourth like n- uh, novella uh, called The Perfect Blade, I think, or something like that. The Perfect Shadow. Something like that, yeah. I don't know. It's also related. They were good when I was like 16. I don't know if they're still good. I haven't reread them. Uh, yeah, I
3: haven't, I haven't reread them since I was like, yeah, 19. So Sorry, <laughs> Brett
1: Weeks, if it sounds like I'm shitting on you. I'm just like, I don't want to be like, this book is awesome. And then I reread it and be like, oh, no, it's mm. not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I for uh, one. Have no idea what we're talking about.
0: Brent Weeks, the you Night know, Angel trilogy. Listen, I know it's
2: a book. I've never read it, so. Yay. Do you
1: read? Do you read often? Do you read a lot of books?
3: <laughs> do you read, <laughs> do
2: I read? Uh, I read research, but. Right, uh, do you read novels read often? Fiction. I haven't read a fantasy book in two years.
1: Okay. Oh, all right. I'll send, I'll send you my copy. It's fucking rough. <laughs> it's a <laughs> It's does a soft have, cover from like 2000. Yeah. Some does of them. <laughs> I think it's got like my art teacher's email. Cause I was like, I want to stay in touch when I graduate. And I didn't email that man. Um, <laughs> 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 so like, I think there are some notes in it. Uh, it's missing its cover. Uh, cause that book has seen some love, but, uh,
3: Love, yeah, Oh, you know the what? Word.
1: No, my wife, because she's awesome, bought me a uh, rebinded edition. Like, she bought me a reprint. So I have good copies here I can send you. Yeah.
0: Do I
3: have a... Don't need to sound enthusiastic. The enthusiasm <laughs> just of this whole section is overwhelming. I'm trying
2: to think, I'm trying to think if Print Weeks was the one that one of my friends recommended to me, but I don't remember if I... Because I own a bunch of books that I don't remember which ones I bought. Mm-hmm. And so I would have to look through and figure out if I, I might
3: have, I might have left one of my Brent Weeks books with you, because I bought was... one when I was. And he's got a couple of other series.
1: Yeah, he's done like another series, uh, more like YA, uh, fantasy called The Lightbringer.
3: Yeah, I bought the first book of that, and I never got around to reading it. Um, so I left it in the UK because I didn't know if I would read it when I was back in the states, and Lisa probably has it. <laughs>
1: there you go i probably
3: have that one
1: i i I don't recommend that one one as highly it was fun it was an okay read i think i would have really liked it if i also read it when i was 16 so uh, (laughs) um or maybe even a little bit younger when we Uh,
3: you know still had hope in the world and yeah stuff like that i i really like
1: brett week's like writing style it's similar to like stephen king's like it's just a very easy read when it comes to reading his stuff but I just mm-hmm. I didn't like the world. It, it felt again a little bit like Brandon Sanderson, where it was like I had this really, really cool idea for a magic system. Also, here's a story. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: gonna get flamed by Sanderson fans. This I can feel it. Like you're, uh, you're coming spitting. For listen,
3: me. listen. You're spitting facts. I He's know. Listen. I
1: don't. I don't like disagree with my with my statements at all. This 100 percent how I feel, and I feel like I'm right. However, they're gonna <laughs> feel the opposite. And they are everybody's serious. entitled
3: everybody's entitled to their
1: opinion 100% but his fans are legion man like they're everywhere
0: <laughs> <laughs> like i said they came
1: out of, like we don't get a lot of comments on this show we don't get a lot of like feedback other than like our patrons who are awesome but they're not like coming at us for every single game that we're talking about here when i did not mention the stormlight archive like i got tweeted at <laughs> <laughs> So you they know exactly. It's like they just fucking know. Um, but anyways, um, uh, moving on. That's it for the games and supplements quarter Now we get into the news, where we get to you know talk about depressing stuff. First up, Yay! um, terrible husband and wife duo. I believe they're married. Um, are yes. back.
2: Yes, they did get married yeah. for
1: some reason. Satine Phoenix and what was the dude? Jameson James Stone. Stone. Jameson Stone. Um, what was his like pseudonym that uh? that had popped up during the first kerfuffle. And uh, that was the website that we got all of our information. Studley about. Stone. Studley <laughs> Stone. That's why I couldn't think of his name. I was thinking of Studley Stone. What a fucking douche. Studley like...
3: Stone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, anyways, I don't know too much about the story other than they're trying to come back and it seems like it's kind of working. Um...
3: I mean, it's not working on Twitter. So I came across, I think Jessatine is trying to come back. That's the, that's the big one that I saw. She posted something on Instagram. I don't know if Jameson is trying to come back, but they're kind of like a duo at this point. So I think when one tries to come back, they're like testing the water mm-hmm. for both of them. And she posted a picture from an old photo shoot that I think she did uh, probably over a year ago. And she, you know, thanked people to everyone who has shown such incredible kindness, understanding and compassion. Thank you. Your support shines above all. And she got like almost 2000 likes at the time of the screenshot that I have up. People were commenting on her post. And then that um, screenshot started circulating on Twitter and Twitter was like, uh, fuck no. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Right. And people are rightfully um, calling her out and sounding alarm bells in the TTRPG community saying, "Hey y'all, these people are still terrible. Sounds like they're trying to make a comeback. Don't let that happen." <laughs> yeah. Basically is is what I the gist that I've gotten from being chronically on Twitter. <laughs>
1: right and like as always my take on any sort of like cancel stuff is like you have the freedom to be a piece of shit that's one of the awesome things about our country is you can say whatever the fuck you want you can act however the fuck you want we as consumers have the right to be like hey you fucking suck and i'm gonna tell all my (laughs) friends that you fucking suck and i'm not gonna be quiet about it because i think you fucking suck and when people get mad about that i'm like well it goes both ways and that's what i've Mm -hmm. seen from their fans um, since th- that tweet had resurfaced Kind of thing um, And a lot of things that seems like What people are upset about is that you still have big names Like going hey well they mm-hmm. never hurt me And I, I still like them yeah, And it's cool I think so, we should give them another chance
2: Yeah so there are a bunch of people Going after the people who have liked or commented On the Instagram post And mm-hmm. these are some like notorious People Who people notorious. also look up to Notorious We in TTRPGs, we apparently have quote-unquote celebrities. I don't believe in that, but, I mean, there are people who are more known, so are they celebrities or are they not? I don't know. But, <laughs> some quote-unquote celebrities from the TTRPG space have liked and commented and do support these, apparently, these two, so... Uh, and, uh, yeah, the the question kind of is, because based on the all the drama that did happen, so, is has she thrown Jameson Stone under the bus, and is she now becoming, doing this whole, like, Phoenix rebirth thing, where she's purged
0: uh. herself,
2: <laughs> herself from yeah. the, and rising again from the ashes with this old photo, and I, I love that there's this one uh, comment by, let me find it. Oh no, it's been deleted.
0: <laughs>
2: hey! oh, hey! I, I, I screenshotted it, because it says because specifically what she has painted on her, and I think, yeah, it was from her when she left Wizards of oh, the Coast.
0: Yes. I think that was
2: a photo that she used.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so
2: she has Kintsugi on her. So it's she has, like, uh, gold sort of lines and cracks on her. Okay. Referencing the Japanese art of when they put together broken... Uh, ceramics mm-hmm. using a gold kind of color on the edges, so that it, you know, it it creates beauty out of this brokenness. Mm-hmm. And so this this tweet goes, or this tweet went, since it doesn't exist anymore. Uh, Kintsugi is the art of repairing broken pottery cracks with golden liqueur. To paint one's own body in gold this way is saying they are more beautiful. They are a more beautiful person having been broken and repaired. Maybe repair the damage done to others before mending your own image.
0: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>
2: because again, there have been people on Twitter saying that they have not been apologized to, that they have not been had, you know, like be- had their amends I mean, made. Yeah, yeah. They've they've been compensated for the money, so financially they got the money eventually paid to them. But nobody has apologized to them one on one, even though she said that she would go to and personally apologize to each and every person she'd hurt.
0: Hmm.
2: But that hasn't happened. So, and now she's trying to come back.
1: Listen, narcissists are gonna narcissist, okay? Like, that's, they're gonna do it, and they're gonna keep doing it and like listen if she's got to throw her husband under the bus it really seemed like that was already part of their pr plan from the beginning right Mm -hmm. so it's not surprising at all she's like no see i'm good like he was the problem we're still married and everything's great for us You know, -hmm. and i didn't apologize to anybody but really i was the victim of all this stuff it's not the worst plan i've seen when it comes to like a pr comeback i've seen worse um, like usually they switch to becoming Nazis, so it's good that she didn't do that, I suppose. <laughs> um, but
2: they I mean, there's also the element of people are saying that she's playing the victim card because on the post it, her text goes to everyone that has shown such incredible kindness, understanding, and compassion. Thank you. Your support shines above all.
1: What about the rest of us who didn't show any of that yeah, stuff? Yeah, so right? like, we're we gonna mention she us.
2: Is part, she is part of the problem.
1: Well, not if you read that post, though.
2: Jameson, <laughs> uh, exactly. So this is manipulation because she is part of the problem of the Jameson Stone, uh the Teen Phoenix fiasco that happened. Like she was there supporting her husband, and she is has known to also have you know, a questionable character at times. But, if... And then, because of everything, so, like, if she is playing being humble, thanking people, that's playing a victim card, when you're literally part of the problem. And yeah. that is manipulation. That's being manipulative.
1: And I, I think don't care a lot if that's bar... No, that's it's not. If that's no, VR, it...
2: that's just being manipulative.
1: One hundred percent. Like no one. Listen, I want you to know, you're in the safe space. Listen, we're all in agreement <laughs> with you. <laughs> I'm just
2: like, it. The audacity of playing the victim when this is what all of you're doing, is just or part of you know what the team's doing. What they are, is just so. The audacity, Terry. I know I, I
1: know. I know, dude. Like that's literally what I said when you sent me I was like bold. <laughs> like that's all <laughs> I can say. Like it's just yeah. not it's surprising. The thing is it's probably gonna work for a small sector of people. Um whenever you have these people who are like are found out to be kinda shitty. There's a portion of the audience that goes, I like them. I don't care. I'm not gonna listen to that portion, and it's gonna be a mm-hmm. smaller segment. But they're still gonna find their segment. The internet is a big, wide place. People are still gonna be supportive to them. We cannot support those people, and we can be mad at those people, but it's not gonna change it, right? She's gonna find support. Uh, Studley Stone's probably gonna find more support. They're probably gonna <laughs> they're gonna continue working, right? The thing that's important yeah. and that we can keep uh, give some hope is they're probably not gonna work in the same spaces that we like anymore and also it's it's kind of like a dog whistle type thing the people that are supporting her and you see her saying things like we should give another chance and hey like maybe they weren't so bad all that kind of stuff or we shouldn't be so quick to judge you can go hey maybe i don't want to support those people either you know you can make that choice personally and you if anything you just see more of the colors that you don't want to deal with anymore and so it just makes it a little bit easier Okay, okay you're flying that flag i can go over here then so like while well, it sucks and she hurt those people and those people seem like they're definitely not getting an apology at least we know where some of these other people lie that's the thing i, I know who i want to support now i used to support sateen like that was one of the first like gms that i had ever seen outside of you know like playing D D at my own table you know back in those yeah. early uh, uh geek and sundry days um Mm -hmm. and like it just well it sucks that she had all this power and was able to hurt people and manipulate people at least i know i don't have to support her anymore and i'm not contributing to her hurting more people so it's like some small piece of solace for me uh Mm -hmm. but either way she's trying to come back do with that what you will i think it's fucking stupid um but we can move on from there uh uh we'll keep you uh, uh you know up to date on what other tweets she sends out i'm sure there's gonna be more um what is next on the list sadly it looks like we're done with the drama do we have good stuff oh look at that next thing on the docket is one dnd what could be uh, an issue with more D and D stuff. Uh, let's see. So far, nothing racist out of this playtest. But are we <laughs> wow. loving it? Uh, what does everybody the bar think? Bar is so low. It is so low. Bar is real the, low. The bar is on the fucking ground when it comes to some of the stuff from Wizards of the Coast. However, um, we'll set some of that aside to look at this somewhat objectively. I believe when we first signed on. Uh, I heard Lisa screaming about druids are priests. Um...
2: I, I, I can recreate it. So. Okay.
3: <clears throat> druids are <or> priests. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, amazing, spectacular, show-stopping, one of a kind. One hundred percent. That was the first thing
1: I heard from you today.
3: <laughs> what a thing! What a what a way to start the day. <laughs>
1: You're welcome. So, what do you want to talk about when it comes to 1D&D? Char, I'll give you the floor since you were the one who proposed this as a story. Uh, no way we would have covered it otherwise either. So,
3: Oh, absolutely not. No, it's not. It's,
1: <laughs> nobody else is really
3: even talking about it. It's so niche.
1: You know, okay, uh... it's funny you say that. I a lot of the people that do or or at least were excited for 1D&D, were hitting me up. Like, what does this all mean? They could not give a shit about this second Unearthed Arcana. I messaged them. I was like, hey, give me your thoughts. I'll talk about them on the podcast. And they were like, I don't know. I watched some of the overview video and then I clicked off.
0: <laughs> and I'm talking
1: valid. about like, there... like six different people sent me similar things.
3: There, I mean, there's a lot to go over. So, I mean, I don't know how much we can cover. I think overall, it's not super bad. But there are a couple things that stood out to me is like, well, why are they doing that? (laughs) I don't.
1: (laughs) Something that we were talking about before this was that I think uh, the way that they—it's definitely their fault—but the way that they had portrayed One D and D was that it was much further along in its release schedule than what it seems to be actually apparent. Is when they sent out playtest stuff, we were like, oh, or like they're beta testing. This is what it's going to be. No, no, no. They're still so early that they're like trying out like nine different mechanics that are all yeah completely like. uh, um, incompatible with each other they're like they would like, one would supersede the other so they're like they're not even sure which one they want to go with yet so this is way earlier than i think we all thought it was um because of yeah, the way they were advertising sure. one D D. um basically they're still testing a bunch of shit out so that's what i learned from this one basically was <laughs> hey you, you didn't like that other stuff? That's okay. We still might do that, but we don't know yet. Like <laughs> we're just trying this we don't out. Yeah, no, we're waiting
3: to hear back. It's just a silly, goofy mood. Yeah, know? which is I
1: mean, which is good for testing and getting like there's way more for people sure. involved with this than ever were done with testing. Like when I was doing the playtesting mm-hmm. for D and D next, which is what became fifth edition, um, it was a fraction of how many people have already participated in the surveys. They said for like D&D. they
3: got at the time that they were recording the videos, they had like 40,000
0: Right, people. which is crazy. Wow.
3: 40,000. Wow. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, I did not think. <laughs> I mean, I knew D&D was big, like don't get me wrong, but that for the amount of people who took the time to give feedback, and that was, I think it was still open. The survey was still open at the time they were recording. It's closed now, but yeah. it was still open. Like they were still receiving responses. While they were recording the videos that they released um, last week, I yes. think it was. Yes. Yeah. So.
1: It's just crazy to think I... about that, that there's that many people involved. So it's cool, but it's not nearly as far as long as we thought. Char, what are your thoughts on this new unearthed arcana?
3: There are so there are good things and bad things.
1: No. So no, Oh no 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 the world is not gray. Okay. Yeah.
3: Uh, listen. Okay, I'll go over. So, good things. Um, ah, uh, they are really beefing up rangers, and I think that's a really smart move because rangers have been a class that's been criticized a lot from what I have been privy to in fifth edition. Like, they their features after a certain level are just not good, and most people multi class into a caster or into a rogue. Just to have cool new features. They're not they a mechanical super,
1: class. They're a they, role play class for what they like, are, they get.
3: but that, that shouldn't, that should never be like, you shouldn't sacrifice good one mechanics for one for the other. You can have both. And I think Rangers. Yeah, they just got the short end of the stick in 5th edition. I don't know too much about it. Cause I never really played a ranger. I played ranger NPCs, but I never got super far with them. They have really cool my...
1: stuff, but when it comes to like mechanical things, because depending on like what your, your RP stuff is, if you do a lot of RP-heavy play, the rangers can be very overpowered. So to counteract that, their yeah. mechanical benefits are usually lackluster by comparison. Now, a lot of people play rules as written, and purely mechanical, and not a lot of RP stuff comes up because they want to do it a certain way. So then those people are like, Rangers fucking suck. So, like, it's not that they're, like, the worst class. It's just mechanically they don't have as many benefits.
3: Mechanically, they're the worst class. Mechanically, (laughs) rules as written, they're the worst class. I'm sorry. If you really like Rangers... Like, I'm role-playing bitch. We all know this. But, like, even then, it's just, like, sometimes... I don't know it's okay so i
0: love they, they've i love rangers
3: they beefed up rangers which is great because i love rangers as a concept so when i heard that they were mechanically awful and there really wasn't any incentive to play them and even from a role-playing perspective they even i don't even think they're the strongest role-playing class because bards exist you know so it, i never was it really drawn to them but their opinion a hundred percent a biased opinion. A hundred percent. I don't know if, love if, like,
1: if you can really have a subjective opinion about a game, yeah. no. that's up to five people. Everybody has people
3: their favorite the class. Everybody has their favorite class. Like yeah, that's it, not really it's how really it works. hard. It's
1: objective fact. You play. So that's why. As and you shut the hell up. Yeah. okay?
3: <laughs> Which is, it's why one of my strongest opinions is about bards because they were talked about in Stopping. this I'm thing. And I will always be a bard advocate. So, you just they sound like the with... whiny
1: rich kid. They're like, well, this, I was the only one who had that. Now he has it. So, it's not as good.
3: No, no, no. no. That's not, that's not my critique at all, though. Like, I not this time Rangers around, but, Rangers... Rangers... but last week. Well, okay. Well, last time it was just, I was upset because they gave like a, a, Prime class feature to everybody when I thought it should be equally and we came up with a good solution I thought.
1: We did. I just <laughs> like, want to make fun of you. Like, what do you think this is? Well,
3: I made made fun of me. I have good points to make. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let me talk to you. Druids are priests! Okay, I'm just gonna talk about bards now. I had other things to say, but now I'm being voted into talking about bards, and I'm gonna do it. No, 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 no! no. Save
1: the bards. I'll be quiet. Keep going.
3: <laughs> so they are beefing up. They have expertise now, which is great. Expertise is hands down my favorite feature in D and D.
1: Expertise is. Great. I love
3: expertise. It's fucking great. Um. <laughs> 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 I also they also did something which I don't know how I feel about, so i'm I'm curious as to your two's opinions on it. One of the biggest changes that they made was to spell casting, and I just don't think enough people are talking about it in that every class it seems like in one d and d in its current state are preparing spells. yep they're they're not like you. if you're a charisma caster in fifth edition you just know spells and then you can swap them out when you level up but all the others like the wisdom and the intelligence casters they propel prepare spells every day they have access to their full list at all times and they can prepare spells or some you know iteration of that depending i know clerics are also very weird but now they're giving that prepared spell thing to bards and also to rangers, which is, I don't know, how, I know—I—I—I I am intrigued by the concept, but I don't know how I feel about it. It's just very it.
1: different, like, when it comes to, like, the hierarchy of, like, the differences, I guess, not hierarchy is a bad word, but, like, the differences between... The different types of spell casting. It's like, okay, I'm a wizard. I have lots of spells, but I can only do certain ones I prepared earlier that morning. But if I'm a sorcerer, yeah. these are all my spells. I can cast whichever one I want. I don't know as many, but I can cast all of them whenever I want. That kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: now they're kind of evening the playing field. There's feats that can make it closer to the sorcerer uh, of yield, basically. So it's like, hey, no, I can, I can cast more of these spells. I... I I don't know why they're doing it, and I can't say, like, objectively yeah. if it's good or bad. It is different. Mm-hmm. It's a wild change, which lends me to believe that they're probably going to change even more about spellcasting than what they're they showing are. in this one. Yeah.
3: The other thing they said that they're doing is they're testing out down-leveling spells.
1: Right, which is interesting. But that, ugh, mm-hmm. It was a little disappointing to see that because that means they're still keeping... The very convoluted spell level system that they have right now. I
3: like the spell level system. It's Wait, easy what for do me mean, to understand. But what do you mean down leveling? So down leveling. So you know how when you play a spellcaster in fifth edition, when you let's say you have Fireball, when you have Fireball, you can cast that at the level that it is, which I believe is second. Second level is Fireball. First level, I I don't know. I've never taken Fireball. <laughs> uh, and you can cast Fireball is like higher a fourth levels. level spell. Is it yeah. okay? Okay. So you could cast it at its base level, but then you can cast it using higher level spell slots that you have them to do more damage. Mm-hmm. They are proposing that when you get that spell, you can then down level it so you can use lower level spell slots to cast it. But you take away a damage die every time you down the level.
1: Third level evocation, uh, my bad.
3: It was right in the middle of our game. It was right in the middle
1: we were so close. <laughs> Right in the
3: middle. So I, I'm intrigued by that concept. I don't know how to play out. I think that's something that would actually... I, I think like it's like awesome. Like, if you're going
1: to keep their very convoluted leveling system... I understand that you understand it, but just because you understand it doesn't make it good, right? Like, I understand no, where semicolons go, but they're dumb. Um,
0: oh, whoa, 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 whoa! No, semicolons
1: yeah. are very useful if you understand very intricate Hello. rules about English grammar.
2: Uh we're we're not having an English English I know drama, I'm making for the after show this, is for, the after know, show. this is an for the after show I know no, no,
1: no, 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 I'm making no, an analogy No you listen here listen you got to yell about drew you let me talk Carrie I'm not going to go on and on about semicolons sure I'm making an analogy shush
2: day sure day will go on <laughs> I won't I won't let
1: her we'll just mute her I promise no, like so that. we you understand where they go. That doesn't make them good for the whole thing. Like, I understand the spell system, and it can do really cool things. And lowering levels is a really cool addition to the way that the spell leveling system works. I think it's convoluted and unnecessary. It's a very hard thing for especially new players to jump into. When a bunch of 5th edition is so welcoming to new players. But if they, a new player wants to play D&D for the first time and you hand them a wizard, they're fucked um oh yeah
3: don't play wizards if you start and that's out.
1: my point is i i think that there's a much cooler <laughs> better way that to do this that isn't so against all sorts of role play that's that's another thing too is i just think it's not diegetic at all like it, like in the, in the world of D, it's like no, no no i can't cast fireball i'm only third level that kind of thing i think it, it makes it a little bit difficult but past that point down leveling spells is cool and i think does add a lot to using the utility of all your different spells and especially like one of the things at lower levels is expanding your one high level spell slot for your one high level spell and you're fucked now because you don't have any other spell slots so being able to down level i think is really really cool because also, it's like, no, you know you can shoot smaller fireballs. I think there's a lot of, like, utility there. I just, like, my disappointment is that I wish they would have overhauled the spell system even more. And seeing that test, I think that that means that they're not going to.
3: Well, I mean, they're, they're doing it in different ways. They're just not doing it in, like, leveling spell ways. So they're doing mm-hmm. it in down-leveling spells. They're doing it with the prepared spells. They're also now revamping their list, which we talked about last time we talked about one d d where they have uh, primal, arcane, and divine spell lists that depending on what um, type of magic caster that you have, you have access to so many more spells than you did before because they're, instead of breaking spell lists down by class, they're breaking it down by specific types of magic. Mm-hmm. So lore-wise, they're doing a lot, and in certain mechanics, they're doing stuff, but they're not changing how the leveling system works
1: yeah revamping is a good way to put it i was hoping for a reform Mm.
3: Yeah, yeah that's fair especially if you if you just don't jive with the system i jive with the system it is a steep learning curve i had to play a bard in order to learn how to use spells like i didn't know how to use spells while i started dming i had somebody who was a more seasoned player and they played a wizard. And I'm like, I trust you to know how the spell system works because I don't.
1: (laughs) I understand it. And I've been playing it since before it was fifth edition. It's easy for me to understand. There's just so many players that introduced the game and they're like, I don't like this. And I'm like, I agree. I understand. But here's why fireball (laughs) is cool. (laughs) Exactly. Moving on.
3: Moving on to what other things do I have?
1: <laughs> I, can, I, can, um, I can go. I didn't mean to I cut you off if you had more no, to say no, with no. the leveling
3: it, system. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else do I have? So they're changing how um, dual wielding works, which is interesting. So if you do, if you play a ranger or a fighter, somebody who has access to fighting styles, um, they are changing the way it works so that bonus. you don't use a bonus action to do your second weapon attack you use an action to do both of your attacks, I believe is how it is. Which is very overpowered, but I love it. Because as somebody who currently plays a dual-wielding fighter, I hate using my bonus action every turn, because I play a rune knight and rune knights have a bunch of really cool shit that they can do with a bonus action. But if I can't hit twice and use both my weapons, if I want to do my cool rune stuff, so I have to sacrifice like that. So I think it's cool.
2: The thing with a dual wielding, like, <clears throat> like, I understand it's your bonus action, but how it works, like, you, you use them at the same time is the thing. Yeah. You do double damage because you use them at the same time. It's not like one, two. It's mm-hmm. you two in one. So it doesn't to me, it doesn't make sense to use it as a bonus action. Yeah, because, because you don't get the, uh,
1: the additional bonus die that the, the, you're, um, your proficiency yeah, bonus because so, so, like, it's supposed to be know. the same attack mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense it's not consistent rule yeah right?
2: i don't know yeah. how it works mechanically of like is it overpowered or not but like the way it works is you do two damage like mm-hmm. and and that's the cool thing about it because it's relying on how fast you are
3: mm-hmm.
2: with the two that you do so much damage
3: Mm-hmm. And you have to use light whip light weapons in order to do it, which is also already rule in fifth edition. You can't yeah. dual wield like Warhammers, even if you're like a half orc. Like that's just, I mean, I'm sure you can. It just w- probably won't <laughs> work very
1: well. You can finagle it. There's there's a couple of feats and stuff currently that you can end up. Oh, that's you know, true. Having two, yeah. Two two handed weapons kind of thing. But the whole point is dual wielding itself just really isn't that viable mechanically. It's
3: not. I did it like when I chose my fighter, I did it purely for the aesthetics. Yeah, Shocking. exactly. That's why everyone dual nobody. wields.
1: No one's picking dual wields. Like, I love the mechanics. No, of it. nobody's <laughs> picking it
3: mechanically, no. But like it's it's cool and I like I like that they're changing that. I think that's a good a good change, but it could I don't know depending on the class, cause I just started playing a fighter and dipping into martial classes, so I don't know mechanically how Crazy it can be. I know fighters get a crazy amount of attacks at higher levels, so um, that yeah, might. They're be... There are no pathfinder
1: a... monks, but like you can still, yeah. You can hit a lot of things as a fighter. It, it's cool. I, I like mean, that change playing martial classes.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I like it. Can we talk about the switchback? That is kind of like what we talked about with the D20 skill checks.
3: Yeah, I have that highlighted in my notes too. So they. Wait, don't Am I jumping have... ahead?
1: I don't. I don't. If you no. have more things in between.
3: No, no, no. I just I have my notes are in a weird order, but I know you said not to talk about bards yet, so I'm holding myself back and looking at everything <laughs> else I have to say.
1: <laughs> If you want to um, talk about more expert class stuff, we can do that first.
3: Um. Let's see, what do I? <laughs> oh, Rogue. So I love Rogues. Rogues are probably my second favorite class. Yeah. Uh, rogues are great. I love them. Um, and they said in their video that um, their satisfaction rating with ro- the Rogue class in 5th edition is like 90%, which is the highest of any class. Like, people fucking love Rogues. So they wow. didn't want to change too much, which is valid because Rogues are awesome. Rogues
1: are awesome. <laughs> My favorite class. Rogues
3: are awesome. So they finagled some stuff. So they added thieves can't. So when you're a rogue, you learn thieves can't. But now when you're a rogue in one D and D you can learn thieves can't and another language, depending on what city you're from, because they wanted to add a little bit more like role play spice. Like if you're a rogue that really knows Baldur's Gate, like at the back of their hand and one of the prominent languages of your version of Baldur's Gate is like Abyssal or something. I don't know. Just random language. You can like take that as like a little bit of a flavor. I love it. Which is cool. Mm. Um, A higher level feature, Slippery Mind. Instead of just having um, advantage against wisdom saving throws, you now have wisdom and charisma, which is interesting. It kind of plays into that like smooth-talking, witty rogue archetype, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But I don't know if I like it. <laughs>
1: um, I want to play which, it, I'm, but I like the idea, I would but play I don't know it. how much it's going to work, actually.
3: I wish that they... I'm all about playing classes differently and not going against the stereotypes. I think this is going into a stereotype a little bit. I think if they wanted to um, buff up slippery Mind, they could do Wisdom and then one saving throw of their choice
0: because I, I at think... this point go ahead, go ahead you
3: could you could like you could mix it up maybe your rogue has strength training maybe your rogue mm-hmm. yeah. has constitution yeah. training because they're so versatile that you could do whatever you wanted i think just limiting it to charisma is a bit Leaning too much into the witty rogue archetype, which is a great archetype, it's a fun one. I know a lot of people have played it. I have played it. It's but it fun. paints
1: them into a corner that you have to do that, which I think exactly. One of the reasons why they're yep. doing that is when you think about when we play rogues at our table. I mean, I know it's a bad example. You don't play a rogue at my table, but I know I've I've given you bonuses. Similarly, we play with mm-hmm. a very witty group of people. When you do something extremely witty in some sort of role play, whether you're a rogue or otherwise, you do something charismatic. I give you bonus. If you're not charismatic Mm -hmm. you're not going to get that bonus as often and if you're playing a rogue a lot of people do want to play that archetype that trope where i'm the woody rogue and Mm -hmm. i always say the right thing i'm danny ocean and you can't Mm -hmm. do it i think this is that that chance to make it a little bit easier like there's that meme that goes around like why do i have to say something woody i rolled you don't make him lift up the thing you know yeah. like it, it's that it's adding just another tool set for those people who aren't trying to be witty with their dialogue they just want to be told mm-hmm. I said the witty
0: thing
1: <laughs> and so yeah. like, I think this is another tool for that but I like what you said way more which is exactly what I was going to get to anyway so I'm just gonna be the dude who repeats your thing but give you credit <laughs> for it uh, it was just like yeah why not make this versatile why not give them any sort of choice in that bonus why does it have to be charisma I Maybe there's gonna be other feats that that can do something similar. So maybe we're mm-hmm. we're just putting the cart before the horse. But it definitely needs to be more versatile. Because if you're not playing the woody fucking rogue, what happens when you want to be, um, grog the rogue, and you just want to be like, uh, you did not see grog, and you know, and like, <laughs> that's that kind of thing. Uh, you, it's harder to do that when it paints you into this very specific yeah. Genre.
3: Exactly, which is one of the main things I have about bards. But we're not there yet, so <laughs> I'm going. I'm, conti- I'm continuing. On.
1: When we finish rogues, you jump right into bards, and then we'll talk about the overview thing, and then we'll wrap up, and I can eat my crackers.
3: And then you guys will laugh at me. I understand. I understand. We're already but... laughing
1: at you. he I mean, was we're, yelling at we're, me we're, to make sure.
0: Laughing, so Maybe changes. you'll laugh
3: maybe a left with me i don't
1: know <laughs> not even a little <laughs> bit day. that's not a thing that we what? do on this show
3: fuck right off um <laughs> what's another thing oh they um so they changed their subtle strikes rogues subtle strikes so that rogues will get advantage if when they are attacking somebody who is within 5 feet of an ally just all the time <laughs> and i'm like even if it's like i i don't it, I don't remember if it's if it's they can't be incapacitated or not. I just have when they're attacking somebody who is within five feet. I don't think so. I think they really nuked it, and by nuked it, I don't mean in a bad way. I mean like really upped the ante of it yeah, and they, gave they, rogues they yet another. Sure. They bu- okay, um, so they gave rogues another <laughs> way to get sneak attack, which is a very rogue thing but i can see how people (laughs) might be like okay listen hold your horses the sneak attack it's already insane it's already you already (laughs) get
1: sneak attack just for breathing basically but the the reason why they're adding (laughs) this is because this was a thing in fourth edition right you oh, rogues basically oh, okay. had advantage if someone was nearby. If nobody was nearby. If the wind was blowing to the east. If, it, if there was no wind at all. If the sun was out. If the day ended in Y, you got advantage on sneak attack.
0: <laughs> and that was one of the few critiques.
1: And like I do it a lot at my table when I'm playing. And, like, I'll go, okay, and I have advantage, right? And, and like, our friend John, my GM, will often be like, why do you think you have advantage? There's nothing here that would give you advantage. I'm like, I don't know. I played 4th edition for half a decade. I always had advantage. (laughs) Um, So this is just, like, them getting a little bit closer to that because that was a big thing is if there was an ally nearby, not flanking, just, like, nearby, you got advantage. Mm Mm-hmm. So, this is just them getting a little bit closer to the ubiquity of sneak attack. At this point, just to give them an extra 2d6 damage when they attack, period. Why Why is it called 2D6. sneak attack?
3: 2d6. Like, when they're at, like, higher levels, they get, like, 20d6. Right,
1: right. I'm being, like, modest here. You know? Like they're d4, you know? Yeah. It's just that they're low level. I don't know. Um. This is Like,
3: my get, point they... is they don't get subtle strike until their 13th level. So by that point, they have so many sneak attack dice that it's like, it's, it's oof. Right. But like, if you love
1: it. Right. But, but like my issue is the same thing with like, uh, do you guys ever play Guild Wars back in the day?
3: No, no. There,
1: there was a class in that game called the assassin and you had this move called sneak attack and your guy Mm. screamed when he did it. (laughs) At this, like, why is this called sneak attack? Like, i can't sneak Ah! better because my buddy's right there like that you just see us both coming then i don't know why this is a sneak attack why is this another thing you know yeah uh that's my that's my issue with it i'm fine give me advantage i'm gonna play a rogue and i want him to be overpowered fuck you rogues are
3: rogues are awesome exactly (laughs) Exactly. give everybody
1: everything we'll have fun okay uh if you don't like it go play wow
3: Yeah, just make everybody super overpowered and really good at what they do. If everybody's on the same playing field, you'll just have a a roaring good time, in my opinion. (laughs) And see,
1: Sade, we agree with you when you say that. It was when you were mad that bards were going to have something that they had. Other people were allowed to have it, too. And you were mad about that. So you see how that's a different phrase?
3: because uh bards couldn't get somebody else's feature in return of that it wasn't fair
1: yes this is like when my kid comes up to me and complains that i said something nice about my other kid (laughs) it's like well i will say something nice about you too but you don't always need praise just because they got praised you know what i'm saying char i'm talking to you no i
3: need i need constant praise i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) Uh, listen
1: that is a different issue right like i am also tinkerbell (laughs) i need constant affirmation i'll die
3: I'm an artist and I'm a DM. Like, if you're not telling me that I'm doing okay on a daily basis, I go into a spiral. <laughs> I was about
2: to say she is the most person that probably needs validation that I know. So, <laughs>
3: but I'll never ask for it unless it's a joke.
1: My uh, my therapist asked if I needed constant validation. I said only from people I don't know, because the people I do Ooh. know I like enough to not care if they like me, but the people <laughs> I don't know I don't <laughs> respect, yeah, and therefore you, I walk the life. You like already me. know
2: they. Because you already know they like you because And I like
1: them me. enough that if they didn't like me I'd be okay with it because I love you guys, but I don't love these other people. <laughs> and I don't respect <laughs> their these opinion people you don't love. Yeah, exactly. So they just better fucking like me because they're not respect. they don't matter to me. And <laughs> she was like, That is so many things to unpack and we didn't continue
0: <laughs> after
1: that. But uh <laughs> so I don't know what that says. If that makes you feel any better, oh, Shar, sure, there's that for you
3: yay i feel so much better thank you
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) that's probably it for rogues do you want to yell about bards now
3: yes please
1: all right (laughs) let's do this
3: okay listen listen i'll start out with the one the one positive thing that i have about bards only one is that they're only one (laughs) in this one D D thing um handing out bardic inspiration is now a reaction instead of a bonus action Love it, it which heals. I like I really like and they explained it in a really good way is that you give somebody insp- instant inspiration instead of waiting for them to use it and risk them forgetting about it because the amount of times I've played a bard given Lissa inspiration and she didn't use it all combat and she was like rolling really badly or maybe she just missed that one really good hit and I'm like you had inspiration she's like oh yeah I did. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I gave it to you. <laughs> so I like that. And then you're like, you, Lissa's character, you have inspiration. Terry, you have inspiration. Use it right now. You rolled like crap. <laughs> <laughs> and this is my gift to you as a part. <laughs> um,
1: I, I and don't think anything's all- done a better job of getting reminding people to use their fucking inspiration than Emily Axford in Fantasy High. We were like, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a thing I have. <laughs>
0: Oh, right, yeah.
3: So I, I like, I did, I liked that a lot. And I, I'm always about using, because people just forget about reactions sometimes. I know I do as a player and as a DM, because, I mean, the only time I really remember I have a reaction is if I have counter spell or if I do an attack of opportunity, because those are the two big things that always come up when I play. So giving the reaction more in any class is a positive for me fam
1: at my other table I hand out a little thing that lists like what you can do on your turn cuz they're newer players and mm. they use dodge all the time they hold their action as like a reaction like I, and I, it's weird because like they're new players, they don't even know what half that stuff mm-hmm. means, but they use it because it's on that card. I feel like even though we've been playing for a long time, we should have those cards in front of us so, so we can yeah, be we like, to I gotta it. use my fucking reaction. I have dodge. I have a goddamn shield. Like, why am I not using block? Like, what what am I doing? And you
3: you can you can use a reaction to dodge.
1: Yeah, dodge is uh is just a thing that you take at the end of your turn and you can then use it. Um, to, really, to I to thought it was you here. had
3: to. I thought it was just an action. You can use your action. Yeah, to dodge sorry, it's not a reaction. My taba. point was that.
1: Like, like, it's still a thing that you can use on your turn. Oh, you yeah. Know yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I, I'm not I trying the to way.
1: conflate it with reactions. My point is, like, there's a lot of things that we don't use, yeah. like, at, because it's happening on somebody else's turn. And mm-hmm. we're like, well, why would I do anything? It's not my turn.
3: Exactly. <clears throat> okay. I'm not going to talk about College of Lore because I will go on a diatribe, probably. You don't um, like it? But I will... I mean, I think it's fine, but I saw somebody's opinion on I think it was Twitter and it, it got me thinking, like, I like the, the features of College of Lore. It mm-hmm. gives you a lot of like cunning and cutting words and stuff, but it doesn't line up to what like the rhetoric <laughs> of what co- of lore means. Like, yeah, you're really well read and you you spend a lot of time learning stuff. Why does learning stuff automatically make you like the the monarch of insults yeah i don't why understand I that
1: either why does it line up with Tyrion lannister all of a sudden like because yes. you know shit that you can like listen i know a
0: lot of I shit love... and my insults are yeah. terrible i yeah.
3: love the concept of a bard who is stuck in the library all the time why not give them features that align with that and then just create a new class that's all about insults and wittiness and use and literally damaging people with your insults like why don't just Create a because that's like that's barred to a T. Like yeah. Why wasn't this the
1: College of Humor? Why wasn't this the College of of, like stand up comedy or something?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. College
3: of Wit. College of Roasting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Right. Why isn't this a roast
1: battle? Like uh, I I agree with you. My thing is
3: mostly yeah. Just the I like the features a lot, but I don't think the name aligns with the features. But that's just that's also in fifth edition. You know, that's just a gripe that you know it's not on one D and D. It's just how the college works. My big gripe is that they're turning bards into healers.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, which... I'm like, I, th- I thought this was going to be your main point, is the bardic inspiration healing stuff.
3: Yeah, so, on top of bards being able to use their bardic inspiration as a reaction, all bards can now heal somebody on a reaction, which I understand, especially in combat, is clutch as hell. Yeah, like, healing that's song, great. I thought,
1: like, worked. I-, I like that idea.
3: And, um, yeah, the songs of restoration, I just... I don't understand why it's a base level bardic feature and not a subclass Not
1: like a specialty? Because,
3: yeah, like a specialty. Because bards are can be healers. I played a bard as a healer. I multiclass as a bard cleric. So I played bards in this way. They're very good. They get really good healing stuff. And if that's the way you want to play a bard, hell yeah, go for it. <laughs> but I don't like how it a baseline feature because it just doesn't scream bard to me like rogues getting all their sneak attack stuff and getting thieves can't and rangers being able to do really cool shit with hunter's bark now and their their baseline features scream like ranger rogue healing doesn't scream bard to me i'm just so i'm more confused it's like do you not know what a bard is <laughs>
1: I think Let's that's see. you painting like specifically what you think of a bard. The one of the reasons why I love bards is cuz every bard's different and they're so versatile, right? Yeah,
3: they're versatile. So why not? I love bards because they're versatile too. So why are you It's this kind of the same on the same ilk of um giving rogues advantage on charisma saves. It's painting rogues in that corner of being the witty rogue. Why are you painting bards in the corner like they always have healing spells prepared? Because bards are so versatile they have expertise you can make a bard whatever you want it to be and i don't know i could i could literally write an essay about right i guess not, I mean, my and ties to art and stuff but and i agree with you just there, seems... but why
1: isn't this like a healing song Like why does that automatically make you think that they're painted into the corner of having to be a healer when they just also have it's a not... healing spell
3: no, no no it's not even just that so it's like so it's the it's the reactionary um is the reactionary healing. Mm-hmm. And it's also so their song of restoration isn't just song of rest. I love song of rest. I love giving an extra D6 to people when we take short rests. I think that's like a cute little ditty. People feel really rejuvenated. Mm-hmm. But now the this song of rejuvenation, that just means that they constantly have healing spells prepared and they don't count against your spells prepared, which again, mechanically clutches hell. It's great to have healing spells prepared when you are in a battle or when you have high stakes you have stuff like greater restoration always prepared lesser restoration always prepared but what if the person who wants to play a bard doesn't want to be a healer and that they're you're kind of forcing the bard to be the group healer what if they don't want to be that but if it's built into the class they kind of unless you homebrew it and you work with your dm rules is written they're kind of painted into this corner and i had a problem with that specifically and i
1: i I disagree with you there because like they they happen to have that on the tool set right like you don't have to be there but you have heels so you can always do heels but you don't have to use it but i always pictured it as like okay so they can play songs they're a bard or they're going to do something of levity they're going to entertain the group and part of your health in fifth edition specifically is that it's not just your physical health it's your mental health it's you know how tired are you it's your stamina it's a combination of all those this uplifts the the positivity of the group because they're entertaining so they can play this whenever they want you don't have to do it just like a thief doesn't have to do thieves camp but they're giving it
3: i don't i don't know i i get what you're saying but it just rubs me the wrong way because i i think of and i don't mean to like you know just use this one example but like lissa plays a bard in my campaign mm-hmm. i can't imagine lissa's character eve knowing healing she is the most selfish bitch <laughs> and she like her bardic training is she's at, what is it college of secrets right like that's what uh, eve is. whispers Whispers, College of Whispers. She's all about subterfuging, gossip. Sure. Where the fuck would she learn healing from? But again,
1: you're, <laughs> like you're, you're conflating healing with healing wounds, though. But again, your health isn't just wounds. So if, if, again, if Lisa's rogue comes up to me, sure. But if, she's, if she wants to gossip, and that entertains I mean, the person she's gossiping with, and it makes them feel better. It doesn't necessarily make the other people that she's gossiping about feel better, but that's a story for a different time. Like, but it makes that person feel better mm. that she's gossiping with. That is yeah. part of their mental it's, health.
2: Yeah, I guess it. I guess it makes sense. Like from, it's a, it's a weird way to, because you can't have being entertained as a stat block. Right. Like, yeah. Exactly. Thing. And that's why, like, health so, is weird
1: in fifth edition, right? Because it, it, like yeah, people so forget it's, that it's not just you're bleeding; it's also like I'm sad. Yeah. I got inflicted with sad damage.
3: So yeah, yeah. So that's,
2: that's a weird mechanic then, because healing is specifically to do with your health and it's to do with healing your wounds. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I I personally don't have a problem. Like, they have health healing, they don't have healing. I may or may not use it if I'm in a party where they need a healer and I'm forced to be the healer. I say fuck you! Right. I'm not healing because my character wouldn't heal. So Yeah, I don't you know, think that, that forces hit, them into it, anything. Yeah, it doesn't, for me it doesn't force anything onto me because I'm going to create my character how I want it regardless Mm -hmm. of what other people think but um, i like having the the tool
1: there like if i wanted to heal, like if i wanted to uplift everybody and play a song that heals them
3: i think then maybe keep song of restoration but then the songs that they know allow the bar like give them choices it doesn't have to be healing word it doesn't have to be lesser restoration you can maybe use illusions to make people feel better maybe you use enchantments to make people feel better which is a bit fucked up when you think about it but like give them the choice like when you see like I think I mean you kind of hit the nail on the head with like because healing and like your vitality and d d encompasses your health because I usually use conditions to kind of do that and I don't really let people's mental state affect their hit points, but I could see how people do that. That's just rules I mean, how written. Like that's just that's do. what yeah. it's supposed to be. I, mean, I don't that? like that.
1: <laughs> I, listen, and that, that's a different issue, right? But that's my yeah, point. Yeah, like the, the point issue. that you're making yeah. is like closer to what your ideals are and not what they're adjusting for. Is like healing isn't just your wound, your physical wounds in this. Then game.
3: they should, then they should put that because I that's mean, not in one D and D. Like that's I not mean, they don't describe it like that. Maybe it's just an issue of communication then. Because well, yeah, I, like when if you I look at what, this, what
1: your 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 HP because it's not HP, you know what your what your hit points are specifically isn't just it's a culmination of all those different factors already in the rules.
0: Mm-hmm. So they
1: didn't clarify it again with the song with with the healing. Song. And
3: they they should because not everybody reads the entire book like I obviously don't
1: (laughs) right right.
2: who says who says that conditions have to be negative because why can't you have a condition that's something positive that inspires you that's
0: Mm -hmm.
2: like why do conditions have to be something that you're paralyzed or you're stunned or you can't move Mm -hmm. or like why can't there be like you get excited instead of I mean, I understand giving, like, a boon as a, you can add mm-hmm. a d4 or a d8 to, like, mm-hmm. a stat, or you can re-roll something as being inspired, but what if there was a condition that was, you know, like, a positive one that you could do? Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't know what you could do with it, because and I'm not a the, mm-hmm. And they don't game call them conditions, person. but
1: that's kind of what, like, it was before, right? Where it's like, no, now you get to take more healing dice when you heal this time, yeah, or, because or you're in a you good get- mood, right?
2: or yeah. you know, from inspiring leader you get temporary hit points I mean temporary hit points make sense because it's not like healing you but mm-hmm. you feel more like I would picture that as being inspired because you're inspired so you're more prepared so it's not mm-hmm. healing per se but if bards instead of doing regular healing or just regular healing you could do like temporary hit points because that's mm-hmm. kind of not healing but it is
3: like, giving them a boon? The right. the, the core mechanic of Bards, like we talked about last time, we talked about 1D&D, is inspiration, right? So, interpreting, why not put that more at the forefront of these rewritten, revamped abilities? Why, if you just word it, like, if you, it could just be a literal rhetorical difference, and it could make me feel a lot better about it. If you describe bards healing people as just bards giving people inspiration in different ways that affect their preparedness for combat or whatever then that makes a hell of a lot more sense and then the mechanics can kind of supplement that description but the way it's written and the way that the table is presented and then just giving bards all like literally just say heal like all of all of these things it just it makes me feel like they're they're painting bards in a corner of being healers where they are one of the most versatile classes and you don't have to be a healer to be a bard and
1: so, my, so opinion, my question is like why does i have two i have two things i, I want to ask you the first one is yeah if if it's um if, if you feel like they're being painted into a corner because they have healing why? Why do you think that it's not just adding to that versatility? Now they can also be healers more. Like, because like they easier. could
3: already, because they could already be healers. I played a bard that had a shit ton of healing spells. And now they have one because... more thing. And now what?
1: Now they have one more thing.
3: What do you mean? That
1: they have one more thing that heals.
3: But that was my. It was my choice to play a bard that heals. Sure. Like, and now, if you're a bard that heals, you have even character... more stuff yeah but not what if you don't that I just want people to have the choice is the thing and like bards healing as a mechanic in and this is very obviously heavily biased on my part because I view bards a very certain way and my interpretation of bards is my way right but when I think of bards I think of art and I think of inspiration and I think of just that very specific image i think of healing you could i think there's something very beautiful about equating healing to art i think that is really poetic but that doesn't need to be like just make a subclass for it is my thing like if you want to play a bard as a healer have a bardic subclass that is specifically like you get all these amazing healing boons and you turn art into healing like i think that's awesome i just don't think it belongs in the bardic Base class because I think it should be way more focused on how inspiration works and how they can maybe do some more role play features like more ties to a theater troupe or a musical group or something of the like um, and then really put that flavor of bards into a subclass but I completely agree I'm very biased so people could love this and they can look at healing as inspiration as like preparing people for battle i just don't agree with how it's so like, written my, it's my written
1: view today. is like uh, i think this just adds to their versatility now i could be an even more versatile healer if i wanted to be a bard i don't have to heal like lissa said i don't i don't have to but like one of the lenses that i'm viewing through and i think that it would make it a little bit easier i still don't think you'd like it but like the way that i view it is if everything is magical in this world right like so if entertainment is magic then why wouldn't it just heal if I'm entertaining you? It's a healing thing. Um, that's just a facet of entertainment in this realm. Mm-hmm. So I, I like it on that level. I'm like, oh cool, now my songs are just inherently magical with this healing property or my my stand up or my my gossiping. Mm-hmm. I still really like that. Uh, Lisa, I want to talk to you more about that because <laughs> that's pretty cool. After but that's I where like I like that often. just as a base thing where it's like, no, even if I don't mm-hmm. mean to, I can heal people mm-hmm. just because I'm entertaining. And as an entertainer, yeah. I like that idea as a bar. Like, I no—I don't, don't have to be a healer. I'm not going to be healing. I'm not taking any of the healing shit. But when I make you laugh, that uplifts us. Mm-hmm. That heals you a little bit because, you know, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. spirituality, mental health is part of your hit points in D&D. Mm-hmm. D&D. So that's I why I like I... it. But it's a matter of opinion. Just because yours doesn't agree with yeah. mine doesn't make mine more right. You're more biased on not no. liking it. I am just happen to be more biased on liking it, right?
3: yeah and that's it's totally like however you interpret it is how you interpret it and I I think the last thing I'll end on is that probably like my view of bards (laughs) is my view on art it can be interpreted in so many different ways that just saying art is healing like music is healing poetry is healing is just fundamentally untrue because it's so objective (laughs) like it's not or subjective or whatever the right word is, because I'm losing my train of thought. No,
1: but, I get yeah, you're, you're it, saying like you don't like that. You're like, well, all of my art would would be a positive like thing when like yeah, maybe want it sometimes
3: to be. your art sucks and it makes people vomit. Like, right. <laughs> like, I just I I love I just think I love the concept of bards as healers. I've played a bard as a healer. I think there's something really cool. I and think magical it sounds like you just have like a bias
1: that. against things like having healing spells is what it sounds like. No,
3: no. No, I just, I don't think, I think that that flavor should come in a subclass. I just don't think that Bard should inherently be healers because it, it paints them into the corner, whereas versatility and the freedom of choice should be inherent.
1: Right, but, like, what about the other things that they have that are inherent? Like, like, like uh, thieves get bonuses, right? Like, we mentioned, like, thieves can't. I don't inherently think I have to be the only person who talks to then... the underground.
3: Yeah, that's true. Maybe it's just maybe they just need more features then that aren't tied to spells that are think Because this is the big
1: one that they added, you're like, Well is this is the main thing now? I didn't get any other cool stuff. Is that more of it? Or like you it's more like a frustration they put time and effort into this when like They put time and effort into
3: making bar they put time and effort into making bards healers, but not time and effort into flushing out like other aspects of bards like their performances or Mm -hmm. how their inspiration works because that's so like why not boost that up before trying out something and painting somebody into a corner. And I
1: think that's just again like like part of it is like you gotta stop saving they stop you don't have to be a healer. Like you're painting yourself into a corner by saying that that's what they have to do. They no, don't have to do no, that.
3: The feature is, is painting no, them it into isn't. a corner. They just
1: oh they have yes, it. They that is. doesn't you do not do you have to do it every turn?
3: No, no. So but... then just not
1: painting you into a corner. <laughs> you yes it
3: is. Yes, it is. No,
1: it's not. That's not how that works. But either way,
3: a, well, when you have a when you have a feature and you don't get to use it, you just feel like it's a wasted feature.
1: Yeah, but that's not the same okay. thing as painting unicorn. But we can argue about that all, all day. But that, but that's fine. You can disagree. But my my point is that I was going to say is that I think it's more of a mechanical thing. I think bards are often viewed as like the buff class or as the controller as it used to be called in fourth edition where it's like hey you do things outside of just punching stuff you do things outside of casting you know fireball or etc so this was a way to make them more mechanically viable in combat to serve a purpose for those really they raw already were. i know just let just let me be just like for the raw players that play like a lot of heavy combat um to fit like a specific role of like i do all the other stuff you got your fighter who fights stuff you got your wizard who casts stuff now i do the other thing we don't play that at our table and we know being very versed in it that there are other options but there's a lot of people that aren't and they're going i don't know what to do with my turn as a bard in this combat right so i think that's just partly that i don't know what to do as my bard because i'm not an entertainer i'm not an artist in real life what do I do? I guess I can heal. It's to help fill that niche. Is is what I really think that they're trying to get. Then
3: I then I think it's lazy. If it's from that perspective, I think it's lazy. Okay. In my opinion.
0: That's fine. I think
3: it's lazy. Okay. Because, uh, I could go. We could go on and I, on. Don't, I feel like d- I've taken up way too much time. No, it's fine. I don't we,
1: we, listen. You fought for this. You asked to, to do it. You're not. <laughs> you're fine, man. Take your air time. <laughs> Just because we don't agree doesn't mean you're not allowed to say it. Like, you're good, man.
3: I'm not allowed to say any of my opinions ever
1: again. (laughs) Not about bards, obviously.
3: Not about bards. I never will have any opinions on bards ever again.
1: This is this comes down to like what we've talked about a lot on the show. Is like just because this doesn't service the thing that you want doesn't mean it doesn't have utility. I think this services a lot of other people mm-hmm. and the way they might play bards and the other ways they go about it. I'm sorry, it's not the thing that you that you wanted though. And I agree. Like some of the stuff that you mentioned, I'd also want for my bard. So like I I completely can see it from that way too. Lissa, before we move on from bards. Do you have anything to say? Because we didn't let you say anything about
2: Bards. No, I piped up. I piped up with my... You could have positive...
1: Concerns. Right, yeah, that part. Yeah, I do remember that. I apologize. I got lost in the saucer. Is there anything else you want to add to Bards?
2: Uh, to Bards? No.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I love it. No. Not no. Either. Fuck Bards. <laughs> no. <period. laughs> <laughs> oh man. So that's probably it for the expert classes, right? Do we want to talk a little bit about the other additions with the glossary and some of the other rules that they want to test out with this build?
3: I'm trying I'm looking at my notes to see which ones I wrote down. Um they changed armor proficiency to armor training because yep. it was confusing people and I agree.
1: Yeah, you got to stop using the same word like to mean different things when you have like yeah. like especially in the digital age of of what is proficiency. It's a key word that means something in this game. But when I press control F and search up proficiency, I end up with armor proficiency. I can see the people at my table go, is this it? No, fuck face. Did I say armor proficiency? No, I said Proficiency. Like, it's just, it's dumb. Stop using that. Like, there are, there are a million different words that can mean different things. If it's going to be a rule in your game, use two different words for fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah,
2: if it's a mechanic, keep it a mechanic yes. as one mechanic. And then if you're making another mechanic, don't call it the other mechanic. Unless
1: like... they are meant to be tied together, which this isn't. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> if it's not the same thing. It's a different rule for fuck's sake. D&D's bad about that. They're They're not as bad as they used to be. But they, it still happens more often than I'd like, and it is frustrating. Not just for me as a DM, but for a lot of new players. Like, that that was a specific example that's happened. Like, I, I just, I get really frustrated with that one. So that one also bothered me. But that's just the nomenclature. I don't hate the change, but...
3: <laughs> it bothered you that they were using proficiency for so long in, like, armor. <laughs> when you didn't add your proficiency bonus to your armor
1: exactly because then because you got again it might just be a dm thing like i know my players are gonna go so do i so i add yeah that to the...
0: mm-hmm. no your
1: armor proficiency is a different thing okay so what do i get plus two from nothing shut the fuck up roll your dice <laughs> magic missile the exactly. darkness fireball Fireball. It's a level three evocation spell. We know that. We DM things. <laughs> now we know.
3: We know. We know, we
1: know what level fireball is. We were testing you and you failed.
3: Yeah. <laughs> How embarrassing for you.
1: <laughs> Listen, if we didn't correct it, you know, with, uh, along with the Sanderson fans, people are gonna be like, They're not real GMs.
0: They don't know what level fireball is. They know what they're talking about. Which is true sure we don't that one. Yeah, exactly. yeah.
2: I was about to say, are they are are they wrong about
0: it?
1: No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, I like that rolling a one gives you um uh not advantage. What's the word? Inspiration. I like really, really like that I, addition.
0: See,
3: I I don't like that.
1: I see. I I like it because like oftentimes if you roll a one, it can be bad. And a good player, just like mm-hmm. that, it's good at role play. Like our table again, I mentioned we're very witty. We're also really good at improv we will tie that. You will trust me to tie that one into something cool. And you yourself will capitalize Mm -hmm. on it and we'll make a joke and it'll be a moment of levity. And maybe the next time you roll a 20, the opposite of the one, and it's a really cool character moment, but not everybody can play like that right out of the box. And not everybody has that built into it. Just like we mentioned getting the plus to charisma, right? Great for people who aren't witty at the table. This Mm -hmm. one giving you inspiration is a cool tie for players that might not do that stuff inherently and gives them like instead of oh fuck my my bow is broken when i was gonna attack this orc or i tripped and fell down the well when i was running from the dragon like now you have that inspiration to make it hurt a little bit less and can maybe tie that inspiration to a cool moment because you're inspired by your failure i think it's a good mm-hmm. addition to especially for new players how come you don't like it
3: i think the only reason i don't like it is because with the last edition they also said a 20 gives inspiration so i just think they should pick one
1: and I think that this supersedes that is the thing. Like that's what they were talking about in okay. the video, as well as the notes up front on it. Is these are mm. these are basically going back to the original fifth edition rules. You just use these for this play test. Mm-hmm. Basically, they because got I
3: asked some as somebody who has rolled like absolute garbage the past three weeks, both in your game, Terry, and then the other game I play on Sundays. I didn't roll above a ten mm-hmm. either of those games. It was just a bad. Rolling month for me. I am totally about because I know it can get really frustrating to roll low all the time, and you you know rolling with the punches so can only get you so far. Sometimes when you roll consistently bad all the time, yeah, it if just, you're just bad at it things. can super suck. It could just suck. So I like the idea of you know what you rolled a nat one. Here's an inspiration. Let's try not to have that happen again. But you get to pick when you don't fail. I really like that concept a lot, but I thought that the concept was kind of, um, yes, like superseded by, oh, when you get an AT-20, you can also get inspiration. I like getting inspiration better with an AT-1, better than I like getting inspiration with an AT-20. Yeah, Because an AT-20, you get all these other boons and all this other stuff. Right.
1: It's already, the ball's already rolling up for you. Yeah. uh, uh, But that's why, partly these rules, just to know in case you didn't see, um, sorry, you might have missed it. They just mentioned it up, up front in that overview video, is that mm-hmm. these rules now, like we're, we're supposed to be testing, if you're going to go along with the test, is using the normal 5th edition uh, skill checks. Um, mm-hmm. Getting rid of the last one, which was like a, a 1 always fails, a 20 always succeeds, the advantage that comes from the 20. That's gone for this play test. This okay. is just the 5th edition rule. So getting the 1 gives you an inspiration. You don't get an inspiration from a 20 inherently in the okay rules off this version then yeah of
3: the then best. then i'm about that but i don't like if it's both yeah which, yeah which i don't think they ever intended in right mission.
1: like that's why it wasn't in the last one either mm-hmm. um but i think they need to be a little bit more clear about the superseding like i mentioned that at the beginning but they don't mention it more than once they mentioned like a little thing up front if you download it mm-hmm. and then in that video probably why like, i
3: forgot Probably. I watched all the videos like in a marathon and I think they only mentioned it in the first video, not in all of them. And then I didn't have time to read the entire play test. I just really dived into the classes specifically. And mm-hmm. then when I got to the feats, I started falling asleep because it was very late at night. <laughs> I just didn't unfortunately get to finish reading it. And um, you had to
1: you used all your energy reading the Bard stuff.
3: I did, and then writing my notes and being like, "Terry's gonna shit on all this anyway."
1: I'm <laughs> not shitting on it. We just have a difference of opinion. We're not neither neither one of us are right, and I will say that emphatically: there is no right or wrong here. This is an opinion on a game, um, even if you disagree with me, that's just as valid. Um, but what they know up, up front of the unearth arcana is uh, um, the material here uses the rules in 2014 player handbook except we're noted specifically Like that's just like their magic the gathering ruling of like hey just use what's here and the old 2014 rules kind of ignore some of the stuff that came in the last one because we're testing something different here uh because again they're way earlier on than we thought um so no contradictions uh because mm-hmm. they're not using that other stuff but if you missed that little paragraph up front or if you didn't watch that video um, you're gonna be annoyed by several things in that—not um, just the D20 thing. There's a few other too that kind of supersede each other. Um, so yeah, watch out for that. Um, I think that's about it for the expert classes on Earth Arcana. Is there anything else you want to want to toss in there?
3: Um, there is something that they briefly mentioned, but I again, I didn't finish reading the Unearthed Arcana, so I don't know if they went in more depth. Sure. Um, they mentioned different um, actions in combat and just in the game called Study and Influence. Okay. But I thought, I didn't 100% know what they meant by it, but I wrote down, so it seems like these are things people were already doing in the game, but they're just giving names to it. So like in the list of things you can do as an action, They're coming up with new, like, ways to probably for new players specifically, like, oh, you can use your action to study something, or you can use your action to talk to somebody and influence them to do something things people were probably already doing in combat. But especially for newer players, they probably didn't know they had the ability to do that. So giving those names, I thought was really interesting. Yeah, I making sure it part they... of the
1: list. That is new. No, you're yeah. not crazy. No, like that's specifically, yeah. that's what I was going to mention too, is like, well, you remember how we were talking earlier about what you can do and people need to be reminded about reactions and blocking and yeah. dodging and stuff like that. This is perfect for that because this is just now it's like, you could always do that on your turn as an action. But I, I like at my 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 table someone would be like hey can i just kind of like look can i take my action and maybe do a perception check to see if they have a weakness Mm -hmm. or something now like that's inherent you can look at that action sheet and go i want to do the study action um Mm -hmm. to give me this and i think that that's really smart like you said like it it just Mm -hmm. like throws that in there you could already do that stuff but it's on the list now which (laughs) it sounds silly but that makes a big difference for a lot of new players because they don't know that you can do so many different things. You come from video games. You're like, well, that's not on the thing, so I can't do it. In D&D, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Or at least you can try. <laughs> that's what I, we always say yeah, uh, you like can, at our table. You like, can try. You can definitely try. As as you that. can roll for it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what happens is not up to me. It's up to the dice. But, uh, but you can try. So I like that they added the study action. What was the other one that they added you mentioned?
3: Uh, influence.
1: Influence, and that was the trying to get them to do something else, right?
3: Yeah. So I have in my notes: t- you take the social interaction rules from the Dungeon Masters Guide, and you can use them in combat. It'll give you DCs that you can use, and it'll also specify how much you can influence a creature because it's not mind control. You're not using a charm person or something. You're just talking to somebody.
1: I really like that, that because that can people. be that can be used as like different flavor in there. So like, are you taunting somebody? Are you distracting yeah. them? Yeah. Like, all the different ways they can go out there. But now just as an inherent thing to look at, just even from like a DM standpoint, I can look at a DC chart and like, and go, okay, yeah, that they're able to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really like that. Just to and add I more think versatility.
3: It has like a really cool element for maybe future subclasses of charisma-based characters, especially I'm thinking warlocks and bards because they have these abilities in certain subclasses that just, you know, like... Like that, that witty class, like the the, the, the College of Wit that we, or
1: the College of yeah. Wit, yeah, which we have the to College
3: of Wit. We, we need to about. make they that our really... own. When
1: we stop doing lore rewrites and just creating our own stuff, we should do that. Stand up. The... I've, I I've will... already seen them, but we gotta do our own.
3: I mean, listen. I I already have ideas for that. So, yeah, so
1: we'll, we'll <laughs> don't make that worry. We'll, we'll make this we'll happen. We'll make it happen. We'll, up, we'll make it work. College but really, wit, I, I have- think that like if they have influence as an action, that kind of paints them into a corner of having to do the influence
0: action.
3: Mm, it's a subclass Harry. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a bardic inherent thing.
1: Got him,
0: shithead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and on that note we have been the cave trolls thank you so much for listening if you want more of this you can head on over to campykillcreations.com we have lots of other content over there comic books other podcasts uh i host other podcasts over there the trolls host other podcasts over there we got good shit if you want all of that content early bonus content you want to support us keep the lights on you got lore rewrites over at our patreon.com slash campykillcreations uh, just a buck or two gets you lots of awesome stuff. If you want to buy more merch from us, that helps keep T Republic's lights on, but it also helps us a little bit. Um, we get a small percentage of whatever you buy over there, and it's got our name on it. That's really cool. So T Republic slash can't kill creations. Um, if you want to get a hold of us and complain, you can uh, find our Twitter at Cave Trolls Pod. Uh, is that correct, Lissa?
2: Yes.
1: Perfect.
2: Very well done. Thank you. Um, You
1: can also email us. campykillcreations at gmail.com. I am at resident Stevele on Twitter. Sharday, where can the people find you online?
3: I uh, am the better co-host of the Slovenly Trolls podcast who has every correct opinion you've ever heard. Especially about bards. You can find, especially about bards. (laughs) You can find me. I run the Slovenly Trolls Twitter at Slovenly Trolls.
1: And, listen, where can the people find you online?
3: They can find me at the Cave Trolls
2: Twitter or on the Slovenly Trolls Instagram.
1: Oh, heck yeah. But I, I feel like it, it kind of paints you into a corner if you're talking about your Instagram, that you can only really go on Instagram. I know <laughs> you do
2: Instagram. I can only do Instagram.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this has been the Cave Trolls in route. Uh, that's it. Now comes that special time of the podcast where we thank our Patreon producers. This month we have the Trellbot themselves, the Highlander, Chantrell Every. Thank you so much, Chantrell, for everything you do, especially monetarily. You keep the lights on, the mics going. I just want to say thank you again from the whole network. You are our Patreon producer and the Highlander. There can be only one Chantrell. Next up for the Patreon producers, we have Jeremy Raymond. Jeremy is a newcomer, and I want to say thank you, Jeremy. It's okay that you're late to the party. It's okay that you're new. You are welcome here. Especially because you wrote us a check. So you know, you know, have at it. You're welcome to our snacks. You're welcome to the fridge. I think I saw a dog running around in the background. You know, you can go pet the dog, take it with you, whatever you want, because again, you paid to be here. You are a producer of the show. You keep the lights on, you keep the mics rolling. Um, you probably paid for something else that's around here that I'm unsure of. So I'm just going to say thank you again for the 10,000th time. Thank you, Jeremy Raymond.